Um, <laughs> no reaction back. I love well, it. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was trying to, I try to remember, what do they call themselves? Swifties. The Swifties, that's right. Yeah, Swifties. I guess I'm not a Swiftie, but <laughs> I'm excited to learn more. Welcome to the Teen Life Podcast, where we believe that teenagers are not a problem to be solved, but we are here to help you equip teenagers through the power of connection. Hey guys, this is Chris Roby, back with another awesome edition of the Teen Life Podcast with Carly Duke. Hey everyone. So Carly, today we're going to talk about something that is heavy-ish, but is really more of just a, I think, some of the most practical, um, relational I don't know if advice is the right word, but just practice maybe would be a better mm-hmm. word. And that is just talking about the power of a good apology and how uh, how profoundly impactful that is for anyone who either apologizes for um, something they regret or is apologized to and how, yeah. how much power uh, comes with that apology. What I love about this one is sometimes we talk about topics, Chris, that are very much for teenagers, like we're giving advice for teenagers. And this is one that as I think we talk through it, any adult can go, oh yeah, that's helpful. And I mm-hmm. need to be better about that too. This isn't something that apologizing is only difficult when you're a teenager. It's still hard and it's still something that I need to get better at. And so hopefully no matter who's listening to this, you'll come out of this conversation with another tool in your tool belt. Yeah, yeah. Um, I need you to apologize for that reference. Um, <laughs> no, um, I also think I, th- I think about you know I I was raised in a you know a really healthy home and um, I don't recall this being a big part of my own upbringing about you know my parents necessarily you know, that they messed up or it wasn't really in that set of DNA parenting as much and I think even my peers would say my parent their parents weren't really if they messed up, you know, an apology wasn't really something that was on the table. And so I feel like this is more of uh, a conversation now. And some might honestly consider this, you know, weakness or not showing your um, authority as a parent. But I think a lot of that is reflective of the culture that we're in. That's pretty bare bones uh, or sorry, more bare knuckled. I would say is more the, the word I wanted to use. It's just that you know, it's it's such a zero sum game when it comes to what people want and power and a- apologizing is often seen as a showing of weakness. And mm-hmm. um, at the Teen Life podcast, I we contend that is not um, that is not the case. That there's mm-hmm. actually um, a lot more power and strength in someone who is willing to say I messed that up and that's on me. And I I want I, I hate how that affected you and I want to see it change. Um, there's a lot more power in that than just being stubborn and not wanting to say that you screwed up. Right. So with that, let's talk about why is apologizing important? Cause you're right. I think some people see it as a weakness, but one thing I think is it's really easy to break someone's trust. Mm-hmm. It's more difficult to build that up. And I think you'd be living in a fantasy world. If you thought just a simple apology is going to fix every problem, no matter what. But it is a great place to start to rebuild trust and to gain connection. And so it's important. Yeah, and apologize. Apologies show that you respect that person. Um, you don't apologize to someone you don't care about. 
Yeah. Right. And so um, I know the times where someone has has apologized to me, I might not have even valued that relationship as highly as I thought that I should. And when they did apologize, it caused me to really value that apology even more as I know how much um, how much humility and how much mm-hmm. um, it takes to be able to to apologize to someone. Also allows you to take responsibility for the impact of your actions. Yeah. If our actions are worth an apology, um, then they had a really negative impact on mm-hmm. on the person that we uh, affected, and it. And you say that's on me, and I, I actually have agency over how I how I acted in that situation. I think that's a great skill for teenagers. That unfortunately, I think teenagers sometimes act and don't think about how that affects another person, mm-hmm. or they think about, well, that made a difference for me, but that doesn't affect anyone else, and almost every decision is going to impact someone else. Mm -hmm. And so allowing them to take responsibility for that is a huge deal. Now, when it comes to why we apologize, there are a million reasons, but I want to highlight some of the big ones. I mean, if you hurt, tease, insult, if you yell at someone, if you disrespect them, so the way that you're speaking to someone could require an apology. Um, If you lose or break something, even if it's unintentional, I feel like that's worth an apology too. If you're unfair or harsh with someone, I think that's worth worth an apology. If you did something that you knew was wrong, like telling a lie, posting hurtful comments, spreading a rumor, or breaking a rule on purpose. Um, and if you didn't do something you were supposed to do, like keep a promise or a curfew, really good reasons to to issue some kind of apology. Now, one of the things that it I keep thinking about is sometimes I'm thinking about why why would why would this not be a natural thing for a teenager, especially mm-hmm. now? Um, and you think about the, the the rate at which information is coming out of teenager. We've talked about this a lot on this podcast about just the the deluge that social media throws at teenagers. And I think about think about our past two two and a half years with COVID and all of this the all the hot takes you see online, right? And all the things that people predict and all the things, you know, this is the way things are going to be and how wrong everyone usually is because all mm-hmm. they're doing is posting the, the the hot take of that day. And if it's wrong, no one's going to fact check them. They're going to move on, right? Right. Um, or if they say something offensive or big, everyone's going to move on. So when you move it at, 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 at such a fast pace, it's so easy just to say that was yesterday. This is today. I'm not going to worry about it. Uh, because they're probably going to forget about it anyways. And the truth is when when we're hurt, we carry that. Um, even mm-hmm. if it, even despite the rate of information and how quickly things are moving, um, when a teenager is wrong, they don't really forget that, even if we maybe wish they would. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think apologies, I know for me or not, that does not come supernaturally. Mm-hmm. Now, whether that's a pride thing or a, I just want to pretend like it didn't happen or, well, that's not what I meant. And so it's not worth apologizing. I do think though that a good apology can mend a lot of relationships Mm -hmm. and help a lot. And I want to talk about, we've got several tips for how to have a good apology. I think just before we get into like what, like not, I don't really want to give a script, but we're going to talk about what are some things you can actually say. But first of all, I think, 
when you make an apology, you have to focus on what you did and not necessarily on the other person. Hmm. Because so, so not not saying I'm sorry that hurt your feelings. <laughs> yes. Because huh. when someone says that, but I do that all the time. I'm like, I'm sorry you took it that way. But if you're the person that someone says that to, you're going, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's <laughs> not what it is. How about like, I'm sorry I was impatient. I'm sorry I yelled. I'm sorry that I was harsh with you. And not like adding that caveat of like, like basically like you're wrong for feeling that yeah. way, but I'm sorry you feel that way. Because that's mm-hmm. how it comes across. Yeah, it makes them the victim. Yeah. And I think it's important to also acknowledge that you can say you're sorry even if it wasn't intentional. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of things that I do that are not intentional that are taken the wrong way or taken out of context, but that doesn't mean it's any less hurtful. And that doesn't mean that I'm like admitting defeat if I can say, I'm really sorry that I did that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that comes up in our culture a lot of like, we need to just be willing to apologize, even if we didn't mean to. But that takes a lot of humility to kind of own our mistakes. Yeah. And this this is a big, um, a big saying around the Roby house is, you know, own it. <laughs> Um, and I, and I know, um, I'm the worst in our house about that, about, if, you know, just character flaw or just a deficiency of mine, you know, like own it. That's who you are. Right. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, only way to get better is to acknowledge that it's true. And sometimes our, our, our pride would want to say, no, it's not, that's not, no, I'm not, I'm not that way. And, um, but owning our mistakes, um, or the way we hurt that person, takes humility like you said uh, but actually owning that this is something that i did and mm-hmm. i need to make sure uh, i make amends on that um is a huge step in that in that direction right and then finally we need to try to avoid but statements or excuses or explanations so like we kind of already said but that's not what i meant but you're overreacting or I'm sorry I did this but here's why I did it and just offering an explanation which almost takes away the I'm sorry Mm-hmm. in the first place. And Chris, you found this, you sent me this Twitter feed thread. Right. thread. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Lost the word. You sent mm-hmm. me this Twitter thread that was really good on apologizing and kind of these five a step, five steps to an apology. Yeah. So this is the the credit. Uh, Dr. Uh, Nicole Lapar- Lapera is her name. Um, and we'll link this mm-hmm. uh, thread. Um, by the way, this might be another podcast episode just about Twitter threads. That's what the, the, there's been some really there's some great developments in that world. We're just passing knowledge down based upon threads, more knowledge sharing than opinion sharing. Hmm. Um, there's a lot there's a lot better stuff out there now um, through Twitter. So um, this is one of those really great threads that I found. Um, but the first thing she says is directly state why you want to apologize without defending or deflecting. So yeah. an example of that would be, I'm so sorry about the way that I spoke to you last night. That wasn't okay. That's mm-hmm. complete um, that's complete ownership without defense. And so if I came at you that way without necessarily defending what I said, um, you're much more open to receiving that apology. Yeah. And then sure. next she says, acknowledge the impact. So saying something like, I can imagine that was super painful. I've been on edge recently, and I shouldn't have let that project onto you. Yeah, absolutely. And so I love, too, that she gives an example where she does give a little context maybe for what's happening, but at the same time doesn't say, but that's why I did it. But she goes around, but that's not okay still. 
and still taking ownership for I can't let my emotions affect the way I speak to you. Well, yeah, I mean, and Carly, you you live in a home with a lot going on and live a very busy life. There's certain days that you're on edge, mm-hmm. and um, that that definitely affected the way that um, I responded. Um, right. But it's both giving a peek into my um, non-balanced state of mind right now, but also saying that, but that should not be a reason. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sorry for that. So yeah. it almost sounds like we're making an excuse, but we're not allowing that to be the case because mm-hmm. it could easily be that for sure. Yeah. State how you work on this in the future. Um, so an example would be next time I'm stressed like that, I'm going to make sure I'm not going to lash out onto you. I'm going to be more aware of my triggers. So just in the future, being able to state a plan of action that this won't happen again, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be perfect at it, but to acknowledge, hey, I, I have thought about a better way of handling um, this situation um, moving forward to where hopefully I won't, I won't do this again, but this is, this is my plan um, and hold me accountable to it. And I love too that it focuses on what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. I think to be transparent and a peek into my marriage Sometimes I'm really good at telling Josh, well, next time, if you just would have done this and I wouldn't have responded that way. And that's not also helpful in this situation, but taking, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But taking ownership of, okay, next time I get frustrated, I'm going to take a deep breath and try to think about your motive before I react. Mm -hmm. And so even something bad of like telling the person, here's what I'm going to do. You can't control their actions. You can control yours. Um, And so I love that next step. Now, the fourth step she has is ask, do you want to talk about it? Hmm. And then she says to listen. Don't interrupt. Don't deny their perspective. But if you're going to ask, do you want to talk about it and give them the chance to talk about it, you have to listen even if what they says hurt, hurts. Hmm. Might be the hardest part because mm-hmm. a one-way apology seems a lot easier, right? Like, yeah, I'm sorry. See you later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? My kids yeah. do that. I feel like Sawyer will, if I say sorry, he'll run past her. I'm sorry. And just keep going because he doesn't want to. Uh, sorry on the go. I like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So this would be the hardest part, I think, of all these four steps is really allowing them to say their piece and being mm-hmm. being willing to take that feedback. But to me, if you're going to go through these steps of actually doing this the right way, I would hope that we're prepared to hear um, some of that. And I think also too, that you're preparing the ground for whatever feedback they give you not to be maybe as sharp and pointed as mm-hmm. maybe it would otherwise be because you've already kind of laid that groundwork of saying, I messed this up yeah. and uh, I want to see this better. Um, and finally, her last point is to ask, is there anything I could do to help heal the situation? It's okay if they just need time to reflect. So if they, if they don't really know, cause that's actually, that might be a harder thing to answer in the moment. And so I'm just opening that door to, is there, is there something I can do to make this, make this right? Um, to do, to, 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 and as this conversation started to rebuild that trust, uh, moving forward. Um, and I think it's okay to, for there not to be an answer right now, but just continue to, um, to keep that, that conversation open. Now I do, Chris, especially coming off that. When it comes to hearing an apology or accepting an apology, I do think it's worth having a conversation with our teens because just because someone apologizes to you and you accept that apology 
or choose to forgive that person does not mean that you have to continue to be friends Mm -hmm. or doesn't mean that that relationship has to be completely healed because sometimes a friend might just be a bad friend or you might be in a toxic relationship and you can accept that apology, but still put boundaries in place to say, thank you for saying that. I accept what you're saying, but moving forward, this cannot be the same. Yeah. Yeah. It gives the receiver of the apology the um, the agency to put up boundaries mm-hmm. um, and say this can't happen again. Or, sorry, <laughs> th- thank you for your apology, but it's, you know, we're moving on. Yeah. So we encourage you, have conversations about apologizing, and we're going to come back with the tip in a little bit about how you can model this as well. But apologies are important. They're important for you as an adult, but they're also important for our teenagers to be aware of. Because you are listening to this podcast, we can assume a couple of things. One, that you have great taste. And two, that you care about teenagers. That is why we are so excited to introduce you to our sponsor, Lubbock Christian University. Whether you or your teen are interested in furthering your education in youth ministry, LCU is the perfect place to start. Contact our friend David Fraze to find out more about LCU and life and ministry to young people at david.fraze at lcu.edu. And don't forget, go Chaps! For the trend this week, Chris, I'm pumped. And I think you're, I've heard that you're her number one fan. So (laughs) I want to talk about Taylor Swift. Um, (laughs) No reaction back. I love it. (laughs) Well, yeah, I I, I was trying to, I try to remember, what do they call themselves? Swifties. Swifties, that's right. Swifties. I guess I'm not a Swiftie, but (laughs) I'm excited to learn more. So... This might seem weird, but I feel like it's timely and it's trending because Taylor Swift's newest album is coming out in just a few days. And it is called Midnights and it is releasing on at midnight on October 21st. Okay. So she's in the news a lot right now because of this album. It is the first one that's being released since 2020, but it's also her 10th studio album. So this one's kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. And to kind of give, I'll give you the the rundown of Midnight's, but she says it's a collection of music written in the middle of the night, a journey through terrors and sweet dreams, the floors we pace, the demons we face for those who have tossed and turned and decided to keep the lan- lanterns lit and go searching, hoping that just maybe when the clock strikes 12, we'll meet ourselves. Mm. So it's it sounds different from her other albums. I think a lot of people are interested in it. If you don't know much about Taylor Swift, she is a mastermind of like everything she does has purpose, and there's a story behind it. She loves to leave Easter eggs, And she's also just really, really smart in how she markets herself and sells herself. So something that is different about this album is they are going to release four different editions of colored vinyl. Hmm. And she announced that if you collect them all on the back, the artworks piece together to make a clock. 
I'm more interested now than I than I was. That's, yeah. that's really cool. Isn't yeah. that cool? Yeah. And they're actually selling, like she has this clock mechanism that you can buy to actually turn it into a functioning clock. But it's brilliant, Chris, because think about that. She's encouraging her diehard fans to buy the album four times. Mm-hmm. So brilliant. smart. So yeah. smart. Yeah. Um, and so she does stuff like this that keeps people interested, keeps people listening to her music. I also think what's cool, she's been releasing her song titles through a social media series that she's calling Midnight's Mayhem with Me. I'll link one of those from TikTok that I found, like her first one. But she uses this bingo roller to draw a random number between 1 and 13. And then she's telling the name of that track. Mm. So like the very first one she got was number 13. And so she shared the name of that track. And so she's slowly going through all of them. And so she's kind of taking a more direct approach with fans. I'm also going to link a Jimmy Fallon video that he did on the tonight show because a few weeks ago, like in his monologue, he went on this whole huge Taylor Swift rant. It's not necessarily information you need to know, but it it just made me laugh because it really is like, you can go down rabbit holes of Taylor Swift of why she did what she did. And he has this whole theory on, her favorite number is 13. There are 13 tracks. She said the na- she sung the word midnight six times. She sung the phrase middle of the night seven times. That equals 13. Like it's this whole <laughs> like conspiracy theory of why she does what she does. But if you're wondering why people are so crazy about Taylor Swift, but also like watching her so closely, that's why, because she she is a mastermind, which is the title of the 13th track mastermind you're 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 going to the conspiracy theories now you're, i know i know yeah, yeah. we're gonna have a whole podcast episode on <laughs> on conspiracy theories and easter eggs with taylor swift i can't wait but the reason i wanted to bring this up is like i said this week you're going to be hearing about it a lot mm-hmm. ask your teenager especially if you have a teen who loves taylor swift if they're excited I'm also giving you a heads up on your bank account if your teen loves Taylor Swift and you realize that they just bought four albums. <laughs> it's because of the clock. Gotcha. <laughs> so giving you a heads up, but be looking forward to that on October 21st. For the tip this week, Chris, we talked about apologies and I read this article years ago and I'll link it. But Kristen Bell and Dak Shepard did this interview, and they said if they argue in front of their kids, they also make sure to make up and apologize in front of their kids later. Mm -hmm. And then they even go so far as to say, like, if they made up in private, they'll role play that apology the next day. So, for example, if me and my husband get in a fight or an art, not necessarily a fight, but a disagreement in front of our kids. A lot of times the kids will go to bed and then we'll have a discussion about that later. Mm-hmm. And the kids won't actually see that makeup process. And so what they will do is the next morning walk in and be like, even if they've already had this conversation, it's over and done between them. Maybe Kristen walks in and says, Dax, I'm really sorry for the way I spoke to you last night. That wasn't okay. Do you forgive me? Hmm. In front of their kids. So their kids can see an example of here's how you apologize and also Here's how you can have disagreements and also fix it in a healthy way or have conversations in a healthy way. Yeah, this is a really powerful practice that they do. And I think I think 
would have a profound impact on their children um, mm-hmm. on what that would look like. And I think also to um, would take a lot of intentionality for uh, a couple to be able to do this, or even just people who are around teenagers in general um, to have a practice where, you know, you're humble enough to, because when you, when you, when you apologize in front of your kids, you're also acknowledging that we had a fight. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes we, as parents, we just want to blow by it and don't want to talk about it and all that kind of stuff. And so it, 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 there's a lot of things that have to happen for this to, to come and play. But even the, this, that intentionality of saying, we're going to role play just so you know, we are fine mm-hmm. and we've made this and this is how we've done it. Um, I cannot imagine the impact that has on those kids and how much it can have on our kids. Right. And I would even encourage you look this week for a way to apologize to your student. And once again, that role modeling of I'm going to show you first, here's how we apologize. And I can almost guarantee you, you will do something this week that will me that will make you need to apologize to someone that you can model that for your student. And with that, we're going to wrap up this episode. And this one was fun. I Mm -hmm. am always down to talk Taylor Swift if you want to find me on Instagram and DM me. But we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast, follow us on social media. And also, if you especially are listening an Apple podcast, review us. That's a great way for people to find us and to figure out what we're about. But most importantly, we hope that you share this with a friend especially if you know someone, maybe not now that I say that, maybe saying, hey, I think you need to listen to this because you need help apologizing (laughs) might Mm -hmm. be a little tricky, but maybe just be like, hey, I found this really helpful. Maybe your teen could use this too and share it with a friend and we will see you next week.